This is a WKXL Spotlight. Welcome to WKXL Radio, everybody. We've got a real interesting show for you as uh, the host of the WKXL Spotlight shows, Jim McIntyre here. I, a lot of times I don't even say my name, but today I'm going to because this is, uh, I guess, an episode that I am going to learn a lot about for a couple of different reasons. We're here to talk with Lindsay Messina, the executive director from Austin 17 House in Brentwood, New Hampshire. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am a longtime New Hampshire resident. I am a resident of Brentwood, New Hampshire now for the last three plus years. And I will tell you, I really didn't know anything about Austin 17 House until about a month ago. And then I was delighted to talk with you and we discussed coming on this show. Now here we are. So if there's other Brentwood residents, New Hampshire residents, United States residents that want to learn about Austin, Austin 17 House, what would you say to them? So we are a youth and family community center located in Brentwood, New Hampshire, which is the heart of Rockingham County. And so we offer different programs and activities for kids to build confidence, creativity and resilience in themselves. And then hopefully they bring that outside of the community and impact the community as well. So how do you reach these kids and how do they hear about Austin 17 House. We have all sorts of different avenues. One of the most common avenues is obviously word of mouth. A lot of our kids bring their friends and tell them about what they're doing there, whether it's an activity or they're getting help with something. Um, and then we do, you know, the basic social media stuff, try to get in the newspaper, try to do things like this to let people know about what we're doing. Um, but primarily, it's a lot of referrals and just uh, talking about us. And what type of kids... Are you finding a coming to Austin 17 House? Is there a certain you know type of, uh, of age or type of kid that, that's looking to come there? Yeah, so we our target audience is 11 to 18 year olds, so it's middle and high school age students. However, we do have families with some younger siblings or we have families with older siblings and parents that want to come and get involved. Um, so we try to have something for everybody, but primarily, again, our target is the 11 to 18 year old range because uh, a lot of the youth that are coming in that we do work with are youth impacted by uh, suicidal ideation, um, attempts, men numerous mental illness, uh, diagnoses, addiction, things like that. Um, so we don't discriminate. Um, Anybody can come, but we definitely have seen a lot of youth coming in that just need a safe place because they're really struggling. You're trying to help kids. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, been from the beginning. Well, that's at the beginning. That's a great uh, kind of transition here so we can learn a little bit more. How did Austin 17 House get started? So in December of 2016, um, Austin was a 17-year-old boy, and him and another girl, Taylor, passed away in a car accident. Um, and it really hit the community really hard because at this time, we were losing a lot of youth to substance use. And it was pretty crazy because growing up in New Hampshire, when you were hearing about the opiate epidemic and the heroin epidemic, you know, you had almost the stigma that it was just the homeless people in the cities. And we were losing youth to drugs and suicide. And I went to the high school locally to um, 
Brentwood and was like, wow, I didn't lose my friends, you know, when I was this age and to see this devastation was really crazy. So I was actually living on the Cape at the time and I moved back home. Austin was a family friend of ours and Austin's dad wanted to make a safe place for Austin's friends. There wasn't enough safe places. And he said, hey, my my son's friends are struggling and I want to create a place for them. And so that's kind of how we got started. Um, and then once we got started, we realized there was a lot more to working with youth than just giving them a basketball gym to hang out in. And so from there, we've really learned so much about really what impacts our community and have just tried to be an answer however we we can. So people don't know this about me. Uh, I've been on the radio here for about three months. Prior to that, I was a professional recruiter for over 20 years, ran my own business. But before I get into recruiting back in the year 1999, um, I graduated college from University of New Hampshire in 96. I went to work as a child care um, coordinator, adolescent counselor is my official title from back then at a, a company called Harbor Schools, where kids aged 12 to 17, pretty much were living in a home, whether they were court-ordered to be there or because their parents you know, just, just paid because they had behavioral issues pretty much and couldn't live at home anymore. Mm. And it was a tough, tough way to, to I mean, make a career for mm. two years working with kids that, I mean, they couldn't trust their own family members. They'd been let down time and time and time again how are they going to trust like a staff person who they're mm. like, you're getting paid to be here, dude. I know you did. Just the skepticism. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, And it was a real thing every day. So working with children, I know, is not an, an easy thing when all you want to do is try and help. And you, uh, Do you have to go through a period where you're like, focused on gaining kids' trust when they first come there? Yeah, it's it's definitely depends on the, the youth in the situation. So we do have some kids, you know, that come in and they just love the place. Um, and then we do work with different systems. So we work with uh, mental health centers. We work with probation officers, the court. And so we do get youth that are referred to us um, and they have to do a diversion um, program. So those kids often are tougher because they're being forced to be there. And so all we do is just continue to offer a safe place for them. Um, we recently actually had a youth that came in and they wouldn't even talk to us. When we were trying to talk to them and get to them, they were just completely shut down. But we just kept saying, hey, keep coming, keep being here. And then it was probably about a month later, um, they started to open up and talk more, bring to us their situation, what was happening. And actually, they just graduated our diversion program last week. Um, they finished their eight weeks. And one of the things that they said was they were so appreciative of us continuing to just be there and allowing them to be part of the space because they knew that they were hard to work with, but it really helped them gain trust in us. Well, hopefully that person that graduated there, the program, is going to be listening to this interview. You'll be able to do it on, on tape delay with no commercials and stuff like that, so it'll be pretty easy. It, it, it is something, as you look at our country right now, I mean, there's so many problems. Everybody has so many reasons to be upset or uncomfortable, whatever the reason may be. For me, as a radio show host, I really still have at the core of my, my being, like I want to try to help people. I want to try and spread a positive word out there. But when you say that, I don't think other people necessarily believe you, right? Mm -hmm. So, so Lindsay, you're, you're the executive director. You get paid to be there, right? You've spent your, your life now, you're spending your life trying to help other 
people. Mm. And the, I'm assuming that was a conscious decision. Like that's part of what you are too, you know, as a person. Well, it, I can't say it came naturally. I was given this opportunity um, with really no information. Like I said, I very much lived with the stigma and judgment of people who use drugs and people who took their own life. And then when I started getting involved in the work and becoming educated on really the impact of addiction, the science behind addiction, the science behind mental illness, I was like, wow, this is something that's just plaguing our people and not necessarily a choice that people make make consciously. And so as I got educated, I think that's where I became more compassionate. And then when I was having youth come in that were less fortunate, I was like, wow, I want to help. I've been so blessed. I'm very fortunate to live the life that I live in. I almost feel like I was in a box in high school. Um, because I just wasn't exposed to things that kids are exposed to and now. And so to see that taking place really just weighed on me. I'm the oldest of five. I have four younger siblings and they all went to the same school I did. And to watch them have to lose friends um, was really difficult for me. And so it just propelled me to want to make a difference however I could. Well, once you start doing it and you see the impact it has on others, it, it makes you want to do it more. No, not for nothing. When I hear you talk about living in a box in high school, I instantly think about, like, I did not have any alcohol ever mm. in my high school years. Mm -hmm. uh, 92 to 96, I went to Central Catholic for two years, Pinkerton Academy for two years after that. Never had a drop of alcohol, never smoked a cigarette. Mm. I think I might have tried one once, but I'm pretty sure my memory's right that I, I didn't have <laughs> anything. So I just never did any of that stuff. I didn't hang around with the kids who did. I hung around with sports and, and the gamblers, mm. um, not for nothing. And uh, things changed a little bit after high school, but nowadays you read the studies, it's like 70% of kids, I think, are using marijuana in high school. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just making that stat up off a of past memory. Do you have any concrete facts that are better than my you know, made-up facts? I mean, there's obviously a lot of data people can research. I mean, just from what we see coming in, yeah, the access to substance use in school is really high. We've actually had kids come to us and say that they want to drop out of school because it's just there and present. All the time. All the time. For kids are coming to, to school high and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and right? they don't want to be, so they're looking for alternatives. And that's that's where we're at at this point in some, some regions of the United States, if not the entire country. I mean, I'm not here to set off a panic alarm, but I am here with Lindsay today from Austin 17 House to spread the word to say, you know, uh, donating your time, volunteering your time can make a difference in one person's life and hundreds of people's lives from there if you just do it once you might find you like it we'll go to break on that note here on the wkxl spotlight with austin 17 house 1450 a.m 103.9 fm in concord 101.9 fm in manchester are the signals where you can hear wkxl radio this is nhtalkradio.com online we'll be right back everybody to this WKXL Spotlight. Lindsay Messina is here in studio, Executive Director of Austin 17 House. And as I listen to her talk, I can tell she wants to try to help people. And you can't help everybody all the time, right? Money uh, is uh, certainly a, 
um, a limiting factor in being able to help everyone all the time. It's not just money either. It's time and everything else like that. But with Austin 17 House, it sounds like we've focused and you've focused your attention on trying to help children and kids that are potentially in high-risk situations. So what type of services do you really offer there at Austin 17 House? Yeah, so we offer alternative services. So right before the break, we were talking about how youth are just subjected to um, substances and all of these factors in their schools all day, and they need a safe place to go after school. There's not enough community centers out there. And so at our community center, we have a number of alternative programs that kids can drop into. Um, We're open Tuesday through Friday, and our hours are 3 to 7, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then 6 to 9, Wednesdays and Fridays. We offer wellness and recreation activities. And so that's anything from physical wellness where you're working out, you're hanging out in the gymnasium, playing basketball, you're learning how to cook um, or mental wellness. We do tutoring and career exploration support. We have a drop in support group for youth impacted by addiction or mental illness. And then our creative arts activities are just hands on opportunities for kids to learn how to spark those creative places in their brain and And so we have things like music, art, theater, media. Um, We have a shop class where kids actually build shelves and do all sorts of different projects around the space. Um, We also have, again, cooking classes on those nights as well. And then just a big open gym to kind of hang out in, um, do their thing. Some of the newer activities that we added were creative writing, um, STEM classes, because kids really love to see things blow up and mix different (laughs) concoctions, you know. So it's basically been like, hey, whatever comes in our door um, and wherever we see a need, we try to provide something for that. Um, And so those are our our drop-in activities. And then we also have a program called Fight Club 17, which was started in 2021, um, which was a partnership between us and Chucky's Fight. Um, Some people know who Chucky Rosa is. He's over in Seabrook. Um, He lost two of his sons to opiates and um, has dedicated his life to making a difference and raising funds to help people who are struggling. And so we partnered with them to create a youth uh, addiction support service because there's not enough alternative youth services for kids impacted by addiction. And so this is just a safe place where they can come and they work with mentors who are trained. um, And also some may have lived experience, which is sometimes the best because they can really relate to where they're at. And so kids are invited to come in and just be raw and real and share with us what's going on in their lives. And um, it's been a really successful program. Actually, one of our girls um, has already graduated, but still continues to come. And she celebrates one year sober tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're really excited to celebrate her. And it's been really uh, such an impactful program, additional program to our services. You're a great public speaker. Um, (laughs) Fantastic job of no pauses. That's professional level radio right there. Let me ask you, Lindsay, you said three to seven were open on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And there's all these different things you just mentioned that we offer for services is it when a kid gets there it's like hey you can go do whatever you want or is there structured time like an hour to do this and hey everybody's going to do it together or are kids all just going in different directions yeah so it, it's um, a little bit of both so kids can drop in and decide they don't want to do anything and they just want to <laughs> hang out and that's okay um, and then we do have activities that kids can go to and participate some of them are staggered where they could participate in like one for an hour and then move to the other 
And then our Wednesday and Friday night programs are more structured where the kids come in, they have that safe place to hang out, and then they get to choose from a wide array of programs that night. And so some kids might just go to shop class all night and that's what they do every week. But other kids might be like, oh, I, you know, I went to art this week because it was fun, but then I'm going to go to STEM next week and vice versa. You know, we, we try to not keep things so rigid because kids are in school all day and the last thing they want to do is come to a place to go to school again. (laughs) Well, that's it. Exactly. As I hear, I'm like, well, wait a minute. How structured is this? And is it like, all right, no, uh, Johnny, you need to be over here right now. It's like, well, this isn't any fun at all. It sounds like this is the total opposite of that, really, which uh, I mean, for me, I sit back and go, okay, if you know a child who maybe has been going through, you know, some some battles with addiction or whatnot, and they're just spending their time at home playing video games or maybe going out and hanging out with the wrong type of a crowd, well, is this potentially an option that they would enjoy? You know what I mean? So so putting it out there as I listen to you, I'm like, I don't know. It sounds like fun to me. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's what we're there for. We're trying to expand our hours on the other days um, that we are open to be directly after school because on the days that we're open three to seven, we have kids that just drop in right after school. Right. Um, even Wednesday and Friday, we're not open till six, but we have staff there. And so kids will come get dropped off at four. Some of them help us with things. Some of them just want to hang out, but it is an alternative. We've really been trying to work with the schools, especially kids that get suspended for different offenses. Right. Instead of sending them home to just just sit and not do anything, um, send them to us. Have them come hang out with us during the day. We'll give them something to do and also be an ear to hear what's going on. So you've been open since 2017. I know we had COVID mixed in here in, in between, but are things really growing for the organization? When you talk about reaching out to schools, I mean, that's not easy. They're not just letting anybody show up to try to partner with schools to say, hey, come and come to our facility after school's over. So how's the growth going for Austin 17 House? Yeah, so 2020, um, we did close for a few months because we just weren't sure what's going on, yeah. what was going on. And then we were like, oh my goodness, you know, we, we can't stay closed. Um, you know, there was the whole essential business thing. So all of our youth, no, not all, sorry. A majority of our youth are referred to referred to us by Sequest Mental Health Center, Exeter Hospital, um, Hampstead Hospital. And we're going, wait a minute, these are essential businesses. And if they're referring their kids to us, then that makes us essential. So when we reopened a few months later, it was really hard because the kids that have been coming for a long time that were seeing so much growth almost like regressed 360. So it took us some time to kind of re-get things going. Um, but right now, I mean, we're packed. We have our busiest night is Wednesday night. We have about 40 to 50 kids, sometimes more. Um, And then the other nights are slower, but you still got your core group of 15, 20 kids that come, you know, the other times during the week. And they come from all over. I mean, we're in the heart of um, Rockingham County, but we have kids that come from as far as Summersworth, New Hampshire, to Methuen, Belrica, Mass, and everything in between. So it doesn't, again, like we don't discriminate. Anybody comes. It doesn't matter if you're from Brentwood or not. You know, we're, you're welcome there. <laughs> and if they're coming from Methuen, which is where I grew up actually back in the day, it seems like I'm talking a lot about myself on this episode now, but when when they're coming up from Methuen, is their parents, uh, are they driving them up and dropping them off? Or are these kids like 16 years old, they have their license and they're driving over by themselves? It's both. Some parents drop them off. Some you know kids grab um, rides with friends. But we also have a number of grandparents raising their grandkids right now. And so some of the farther places that we're talking about, like the Methuen, the Summersworth area, mm-hmm. are actually grandparents that are bringing their kids to us because they need help. They need support. They know 
don't they need a break you know um and so again it's just kind of anybody and everybody god bless those grandparents i'll tell you what if any of you are listening to this wkxl spotlight i'm i'm just one person here saying thank you very much because uh, it's not easy probably as a grandparent to be raising a kid and the the culture change that has taken place over the last 30 to 40 years. I'm I'm 50 years old now. It's like, my goodness, the video games I was playing was Pong, it, it, one piece of wood almost, <laughs> and there was one ball that would just go back and forth the other, whatever that thing was, and I loved it. It was the greatest invention I'd ever seen. We right. played it all the time, me and my brother. Nowadays, the graphics and the insanity that's on all these things, like, this has just happened mm-hmm. within 30 to 40 years, mm-hmm. and you're asking grandparent to try to relate to these kids, yeah. that can't be easy. Yeah. I do I do want to just like mention to that, I went to high school ten, a little over 10 years ago, and it's not the same as when I went to school 10 years ago. The things we've seen in even the last five years are things I've never seen before, we've never dealt with before. Um, and so I know that grandparents for sure are feeling that way, but I just almost want to give them like some grace and mercy. You know, It's not the way things were five years ago, and I'm 29, and so I just want people to know it's okay. We're all figuring it out. Well, we're trying our best. And I think it comes back to to really latching on to the idea that you're going to try to help somebody. Mm -hmm. And as I'm doing this interview here with you, Lindsay, I'm well, listen, Austin 17 House is in my backyard. I live in Brentwood. The organization and the building is there in Brentwood. I got to find a way to get involved over there, especially when you talk about, hey, 40 to 50 kids are there uh, on on a uh, given night. Mm. Like they're looking for something. It's I'm sure part of it is to be around the other kids that you know they maybe they like to see. Mm. But there's got to be some messaging coming from Austin 17 House that they're at least a okay with. Well, the other thing <laughs> is is um, we offer food. One of the things that I I stand on, if you feed them, they will come. And so we offer dinner every single night that we're open. We do not open if I don't have dinner to give. Um, But we always have dinner, so don't worry about that. Uh, (laughs) But we serve about 120 meals a week. Wow. All right. So that begs the question, where do we get our funding from? And uh, I've had some experience in this side of things. So if it's all right, when we come back from this commercial, we'll talk about that. Absolutely. There we go. You're listening to a WKXL Spotlight on Austin 17 House in Brentwood, New Hampshire. Lindsay Messina said, it's the heart of Rockingham County. I have not heard of that before, but I'm going to keep with that. Brentwood, love Brentwood, New Hampshire. WKXL Radio is on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. This is New Hampshire Talk Radio.com. You're in the right place. We'll be right back. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to WKXL Spotlight. Austin 17 House. I want to get right down to the nitty gritty. Let's talk about money because money is at the heart of of so much that's going on in this country uh, right now. Some good, some bad, but this is definitely good. And I want to hear how does Austin 17 House get the funding, the money, to be able to provide, would you say, 140 meals a week on top of all the other services you're talking about you provide? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, on average, it's about 120 20 
meals a week. Sometimes it's probably 140, especially when we have events and things like that. Um, and so since the beginning, we've been very blessed. We have uh, amazing partnerships um, and community supporters. The Lions uh, Club, Kingston Lions specifically, were there with us in the beginning. They helped us get all of our paperwork submitted um, to be a nonprofit. And they did all sorts of different fundraisers for us to get, to get us going. And they've still consistently been partners since then, um, always raising funds, raising awareness for us. The rotaries um, around us give community grants. Um, a lot of the community organizations, you know, that are there to help um, the Freemasons in Kingston have also done some really cool events for us to raise money. Um, and then also we have a number of just really passionate people um, who care about our cause, who give donations monthly, who will give us, you know, a large check at the end of the year, um, again, because we're a nonprofit, so it's a tax write-off for people. We have businesses that will do sponsorships during our main events. Um, we have, you know, some larger events during the year where we try to bring in more money. And then grants. I write grants whenever they come up. I try to get on them. Um, we got a really awesome grant two years ago from the Department Department of Health and Human Services for $66,000, which was one of our biggest grants. And because we got those funds, we were able to expand our programs. We were able to bring Fight Club in, um, which was such a blessing to us. And then also foundations, the Epes Jefferson Foundation. Um, they're a couple that is also local to Brentwood. They found out about us and they said, hey, we love what you're doing. We want to help you. And they gave us a $50,000 grant over a few years. And that helped us extend our hours and double our hours. Um, so we take obviously anything that comes in our door um, and just try to steward what comes in. And the volunteers, when you say anything that comes in, I mean, somebody shows up, says, hey, I want to, uh, I like your cause or I heard about Austin 17 House. I'd like to donate volunteers some time. What's the process go from there for that person to be able to come in and uh, you know, hopefully shows the kids some some form of skill set or something like that, right? Yeah. So we have, I'm very blessed. I have about 50 volunteers um, and they're anywhere from 18 years old, youth that love the place so much that they end up wanting to volunteer with us, um, to grandparents, 80s, 70s. Um, and they come in and, and some of them are, hey, I'm passionate about the things that you're doing, so I want to get involved. Um, so they, you know, apply, they work with our staff coordinator to kind of figure out the schedule and what they can do. Do. And then we also have individuals, we call them mentors, who actually bring um, a skill to the table, something that they personally do well or love and bring to the other kids. So like, for example, our shop class, um, we have a master carpenter that's in there. He owns his own business and he wow. is sharing everything that he's learned with these kids. That's a mentor there. Um, and so it's, it's anybody. We don't necessarily want to... Um, tell people you have to have a skill to come in. Sometimes the skill is just listening, you know? <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, being able to relate to a, to a kid and maybe they've gone through a similar situation and be able to give some some experience and or just listen, like you said, that that is a skill. Exactly. Wow. So you, what I'm hearing here, though, is listen to all the people you're telling me are volunteering. Like, and, and we're just inundated. If you turn on the news tonight... You're not going to hear anything about this story in all likelihood. You're going to hear about, like, you know, a car accident or something. The something chaos. that, yeah, you know, and it just makes me scratch my head here in disbelief. Like, 
I want to hear about more of these types of stories and all these people that want to give their time and, and their money and, and their lives mm-hmm. like you are dedicating to just trying to help, you know, better other people's lives. Yeah. I mean, I again, I'm so blessed. I have a number of young adults that are like 21 to 30 and they some of them have been volunteering with me for over five years and they give up their Wednesday and Friday night every single week to hang out with teenagers. Most kids that age are out at the bar, are out doing their own thing. And so to have dedicated young adults, men and women coming in and saying, no, I'm going to give up my Friday night every week to hang out with teenagers is just a real blessing. And it just shows us the need. Well, how do we spread the word more about Austin 17 House so that more and more people can you know come and donate their time or, or their money or volunteer their time, what have you. Talk about some of the events that are going on for this year here where you're getting out into the public eye a little bit more. Yeah, so um, we have a number of events that are coming out. Um, you know, we have community events and then we have larger fundraisers. So in March, we have our St. Patrick's Day fling that's coming up March 15th. Our founder, Mark, is uh, from Ireland. And so this is kind of a big party um, to for him to to kind of show off his heritage, his culture. Um, We have Irish step dancers that come out, fiddlers, um, and it's just a real great family night. Um, We have our craft fair that comes up in May. We have a masquerade ball that is also coming up. We're waiting to figure out whether May or June. So if you follow us on our website or Facebook, you'll see um, that masquerade ball is for Fight Club. It helps raise funds for youth impacted by addiction so that we can continue doing those services. Um, In July, we have our annual golf gala which is our biggest event Um, and we actually are hosting that at the Atkinson Country Club this year and so we're looking you know for business sponsors people that want to um, come have a foursome and participate that way Um, we have all sorts of different raffles and things at that event and then we also have a comedy show that comes up in November and then we end the year with our holiday craft fair we have about 50 crafters that come out and um, you know showcase everything that they've been making um, so the events are definitely, you know, a way of getting people in the door, getting people in the community to know about us. Um, but I, right now, we are really desperately seeking leadership. We've been around for seven years now. Um, are going on seven years. We're a grassroots organization. We have been very blessed to have the the support that we've had along the way. But we are coming to a place where we want to level up and be able to offer more services and um, really be able to focus all of our efforts on the kids. And so we're actively looking for leaders in the community. We're looking for um, new board members, new advisory board members who are passionate about the things that we're passionate about and want to get the word out for us. Um, I am the only only full-time paid employee right now. I do have a few part-time um, people and mentors that we do pay, but we can't do it all. <laughs> no, and you said you're, you're the one who writes up the grants, and I don't know a lot about that side of things. Explain what a grant is, if you would, real quick, because there's like you got to be real good at this stuff to actually get get money from the government or wherever right. you're trying to get the grant from. Right? Yeah, so <laughs> there's all sorts of different ways you can get grants. The state gives grants. The New Hampshire Charitable Foundation has been a great partner in giving us grants. So basically, Basically, there's grants that come out every year. And so they could be for specific um, 
topics or places or programs, for example, there might be a mental health grant out there. And so basically it's an organization that's like, I want to fund causes that fit into this category. And so what I do is I say, okay, we offer mental health services. So I'm going to take a look at this grant. They usually, it's pretty easy. They usually have, you know, the criteria that you have to meet and the questions that they ask you. Um, And so I just have to kind of fill it out and bring what we do to paper and submit it. And so we have been very blessed. I've had to learn. I mean, the first few years we didn't get any because I just, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, um, but it's okay. Oh, no. no, it's trial and error. But now that, you know, we've really figured it out, you know, we're like, okay, we got this, you know, we can apply for this one. Let's pull some language from this grant and this grant, you know, once you get the ball rolling, um, it's, it's good, but it's very hard. I have to say to get all of it on paper. And so there are some grants that we don't get because it's almost like we're all, it's people are like, how are you doing all of this? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense, you know? And so we're not sure. And so we're kind of in like a rock and a hard place because we're like, well, we do so much alternative stuff that it's really hard for people to grasp it by just reading it on paper, you know? <laughs> I can imagine this. Well, you said the grant process, you said easy in some way, shape, or form. You mentioned that word. And I was like, oh, I didn't think it was easy. But then in the next breath, you said, well, the first couple of years, we didn't get any. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. I <laughs> thought this because I've been in groups before where they're like, well, we need to hire somebody who has experience writing grants. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know anything about about this but I mean listen there's there's no shortage of places that are lining up to try to get free money mm-hmm. I'd have to assume and what you're talking about is being able to provide a history to say hey here's what we've been able to do and put some statistics out there so that the decision maker can be like oh okay this is a real organization maybe I didn't hear about Austin 17 right. house at all before oh wait a minute you've done all this and now you're saying they're getting to the point where you are actually doing so much on just one full-time person's, uh, you know, payroll that they're like, well, wait a second, is this thing actually real? Is that what yeah. you're telling me? I mean, honestly, that's how I feel, you know, because <laughs> it's it's very hard to be specific about what we do. And even when we're talking about one demographic of kids, we offer so many services because it's not a kids don't fit in one mold. You know, you have to be able to offer so many different things. So it's been challenging, but we know that we're coming to a place where um, we're going to start receiving some blessings. So (laughs) it sounds like those blessings are very much deserved, Lindsay. So I'm going to talk about that piece a little bit more here when we come back. We've got one more segment to do on this WKXL Spotlight on Austin 17 House, Lindsay Messina is here, executive director, and sounds like uh, you could have other titles rolled in, <laughs> do it all or something, I don't know, <laughs> we need a more all-encompassing title there. Next level, WKXL Radio is on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM Radio in Manchester. You can always find us on nhtalkradio.com. You can listen live there or download past episodes at your leisure. You don't even need to download an app. Just click a button and play. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. WKXL Radio. This is a WKXL Spotlight on Austin 17 House. This is our last segment. I'm just going to throw a curveball at Lindsay here and let her know. I host a daily sports talk radio show called The Sports Machine with Slim right here on the WKXL Airwaves every weekday from 10 to 11. And as part of the show over the last week, I've said I'm going to find a way to give away some money. 
and I'm asking my callers and listeners to help me figure out a way to best kind of uh, give that cash away. And so I'm just going to announce it's only $100, but the sports machine was slim. We're donating $100 today to Austin 17 House. I'm that impressed with you. Thank you. I <laughs> I actually I received well, I actually somebody gave me $100 this morning and said I'm sewing into whatever is about to come. And so you just matched that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Do you it's think awesome. there's a greater purpose? You talked about <laughs> blessings and I don't Absolutely. We, we need some people who got to add some zeros to this total, <laughs> right? <laughs> 10,000 or 100,000 would sound more Amen. impressive. But things start with they uh, it starts with doing whatever you can do mm-hmm. and being able to like be satisfied with that because there's n- you can never be satisfied. I said I was a childcare worker for two years and I remember the day, the night before my last day of work, I laid in bed and I was crying my eyes out mm-hmm. because I had spent two years of my life trying to help kids and I was like, I don't know whose life I really improved. I did my best, but these kids just, they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to believe what I was Mm. feeling in my heart, that if you think positive and you do good things for other people, good stuff actually can happen to you. Is it, do you have that type of thinking, Lindsay? It's yeah, it's persistence. Like I said, we we have kids come in and they like won't even talk to us in the beginning, but you continue to just allow them to come. You continue to love them and care about them. And, you know, they walk through the door and you say, hey, Scott, like, how are you doing? Some of them never get asked how they're doing, you know, and it's just the consistent. Sometimes they don't answer and that's okay. But by the fifth, sixth, seventh time, they start answering. And so it's it's really just the persistence of like, hey, we're here and we care about you and I'm just going to continue to love you until you feel it. (laughs) And give you plenty of different options for you to potentially be interested in. I mean, if there's exactly. five, six, seven things you could do, you'd tell me there's not even one of these you might potentially like to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seems like th- th- there's something available for anybody who might walk in the door. Yeah, yeah, anything. And so, again, like the mentors, they come alongside. Um, I, I really do have such great staff because if it's, they see a kid struggling, they'll go out and try to talk to them. And and it's the mentors that are like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm – playing music tonight you want to come jam with me and sometimes it's just that you know that ask that warm handout that says hey you know we're doing this you want to join sometimes they say no but eventually they make their way out back you mentioned earlier and i don't know a lot about the charitable status and the the classifications of businesses and stuff like that so austin 17 house is a a non-profit it's a 501c3 organization Mm -hmm. that means you're eligible for all kinds of donations from the the state or what exactly does it mean to be 501c3 so um non-profit status is uh allows us to receive donations and sponsorships and those people get a tax write-off so businesses um looking for advertising dollars or to use their advertising dollars um you know that want to give to a good cause, we then get to promote their business and what they're doing and they get to write off whatever they gave. Um, sometimes it's time. Sometimes it is actual items. Um, we just got a, a bunch of new sweatshirts from Top Notch Apparel and he donated all of his time and just gave things to us for cost. And so now we can give him a receipt that says, hey, you donated this amount of work to us and he gets to write it off at the end of the year. Top-notch apparel. I'm writing that down. You can expect potentially to hear from me, the sports machine with Slim uh, Jim McIntyre. might be reaching out to you to see when you're doing things like that for other people, that's the type of organization I want involved with, you know, or I want to be involved with 
Lindsay. So it sounds like that person's a pretty good dude. Yeah, he's awesome. He's okay. awesome. Good to hear. So let me ask you this, uh, another curveball, put you on the spot. Uh, the growth of gambling across the United States right now is just tremendous. Like it, it is taking off and it's reaching out to the younger population in the way that I don't necessarily think is very good. I remember myself, I'm a longtime gambler and I've been dealing with the gambling addiction for 40 some odd years almost now. Um, there's a lot of money potentially available though through for charities mm. through the gaming operations have you ever gone to these local casinos because they it, all of their gambling revenues are like charitable so they say all right well some of this money we're going to be giving to charity for such and such week have you ever gone to those types of businesses? yeah so the kingston lions club actually put us in touch with um two of the different uh groups there's one in seabrook and then i think there's also one in dover okay. i could be wrong yeah, the brook, um, yeah, the brook. A, and yeah. so we you apply but then you basically get put on a wait list yeah so it could be three years before you get those people. funds i know, you know some people over there so i'll see if i can talk to them and That'd try to pull great. some strings if that's all right yeah because absolutely this is an excellent cause that's uh, near and dear to my heart. And so. we can give them whatever they need. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. So I put that out there. Good. Maybe that's something I can help with. Like I say, hey, we all have limited time. There's only so many things we can do. I am, my wife and I, we have two young kids. They both play basketball. They both play soccer. I do coaching for those. I do special open gym nights. It's like everybody is limited on time and money. I just talked earlier mm -hmm. today on the sports. Do you know how much I paid, Lindsay, for a, a Subway 12-inch sub turkey and a bag of chips. Do you know how much I paid in Concord yesterday for this? A 12-inch sub, turkey sub, and a bag of chips. Take a guess. I don't want to say 20 bucks, but it I It was 16 and change <laughs> when I left the dollar plus in tip. It was down to, t it was 18. Yeah. yeah it's like, everything it's is so, it is crazy. Everybody's feeling the exact same yeah. thing. It's like, what are we going to do? Just walk around and be miserable? No. Try to cut the negative news out of your life as much mm -hmm. as possible and embrace stories like your so eloquently uh, you know, delivering to the listening audience today. Thanks. Yeah, we're looking for time, talent, and treasure. So you might not be able to give money. You might not have any money, um, but we'll take time. If you want to give of your time um, or talent, you have, you're just saying, hey, I coach basketball. I do this and that. Um, you could come and host a basketball class, or you could just come and chill in the gym and play basketball with the kids um, or play on the game tables. So it, it's, again, we accept everybody um, in anything that they want to to give to us because it always leads to something else. They may come in and give time, but not realize that they're connected to people with treasure. And then we do the work and find that. I'm interested in, in volunteering some time as well, in addition to the, the huge $100 offering I made here earlier today. Listen, that's going to feed a lot of kids, that's okay? tongue-in-cheek <laughs> a little bit. So it's a little piece of what we can do. But for somebody that's listening to this, and just needs a little kick, like, hey, why don't you go and, and check into this? Can they just, sh like, show up over there? Do they reach out to you? How does this happen to say, hey, I might be interested in volunteering somehow? Yeah, either way. I mean, people can find us online and message us online. But come um, one of the nights we're open. We try to invite people to come on, like, a Wednesday or Friday night to see the place in action. Because when you're seeing all of the kids running around and the kitchen full and we're eating and you're seeing the mentors in action, it's very different than you when you come during the day and no one's there yet and it's just you know a big empty building <laughs> austin17house.com austin17house.org dot org sorry 
Austin17house.org. And the the branding is very interesting to me. It's like it's one word, right? Austin 17 House. You would think that there might be spaces in between. No, <laughs> it's branded as one one word. Why is that? So Mark, Mark, the founder, Austin's dad, um, when he created the name and the logo, he um, wanted it to be different. If you look at our logo, our A is actually a little crooked, and it's for a reason. He doesn't want everything to be perfect. He wants it to be, hey, you come in whatever way you are and we accept you whatever way you are. Um, And so, yeah, we just, again, the alternative um, that we provide and do kind of stems from that. It's just being different. Well, I'm, I'm hearing things that I like. Everything I've heard today is like, okay, how the heck did I not hear about Austin 17 House before? Yeah. As a resident of Brentwood, we got to find a way to uh, maybe get into the Brentwood newsletter too, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, we we do um, try to get throw in like a spotlight every once in a while in there. Um, again, I think that next level of leadership that I was kind of sharing need we need people to kind of be ambassadors for us. You know, um, in the beginning, Mark and I were running around and networking with everybody, so it was like everybody started hearing about us. But then once I came on a few years ago and had to actually you know, oversee the organization, my time is really limited now. And I have to oversee 50 volunteers and a hundred and something kids that come in every week. And so I love going out and meeting people. Um, That's where my heart is. And I hope to get back to that place again. Um, But for right now, I have to, you know, be the mom of my kids. And so we really are looking for people to be ambassadors and go out and get the word out. Amazing. Hopefully doing things like this turns out to be a good investment of your time, Lindsay. I'm so thankful that you came in to share the story, and I'll do what I can to share the story of Austin 17 House moving forward. I promise you that. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure right here, too. So that brings us right about to the end, everybody. You've been listening to a WKXL Spotlight on Austin 17 House in Brentwood, New Hampshire, the heart of Rockingham County. Um, This has been Lindsay Messina, the executive director has done an incredible job delivering the message here. WKXL, you can hear us on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. Have a good day out there, everybody. 